name that church body, then more name that church body, and then more name that church body. Stay tuned. Table Talk Radio, coming up next. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. You know, but if the busboy at that restaurant and you're there simply to clear tables and you notice that there's people that aren't coming in, it's not your job to start changing aspects of the restaurant because it's not your restaurant. So the question is, is whose church is it? I mean, if it's right. if it's our church, then we better get busy and start doing all these things because it's up to us to, quote, grow the church. But if it's right. the Lord's church, he's the one who gets to call the shots. Did you hear what it says? The church is not a monster with two heads. There's only one head, Jesus and Peter. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's Hold on. I can count. <laughs> Jesus, one. <laughs> Peter, two. Teaching theological math, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> and got a great show in store for you today because we have only one game on our minds, and that is the game My favorite. That Church Body, where we read some theology, That's try right. to guess which church we're talking about. But first, we got to do a little buzzword action. So, Pastor Wolf, what's your theological buzzword today? My buzzword for you is church. Luther says in the Small Called articles, remember Small Called, where we're going in a few weeks? Got to go see Smoke Call in a few weeks. Luther says, even a seven-year-old child knows what the church is. That is, she, uh, believers and sheep who hear the voice of their good shepherd. So, for there to be the church, you got to have three things. You got to have one, a shepherd, Jesus. Two, you got he's got to be saying things, the word of God. And three, people have to hear it and listen, believers, uh, and believe it. So that's uh, that's what you got to have the church, believers who hear the voice of their good shepherd, Jesus. All right, well done. My theological buzzword for you is determinism, and this is the idea that acts, events, decisions are the inevitable result of some condition or decision of God prior to any um, role of human will. So that God has just fixed all events and acts to happen uh, uh, from into the future from some point of determination. Uh, okay, that's it. So we, I don't I'm think we, it down we, determinism so that I can get tons of points when I use it casually in conversation. But you didn't choose to write that down. God had predetermined that you would write that down. Did God uh, predetermine that I'm going to get 500 points by working it in there? No, I don't think Probably. he did. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably. All right, so we're going to play Name That Church Body today, and I have some uh, theology for you. But first, I'll award myself 500 points. And now I'll give you your first... What, did you say the word church? What's the name of the game? Name that church body. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Who knew? <laughs> Here you go. Kind of you ready for buzzword. entry number one? For wimpy buzzword players. <laughs> I think probably church is probably only a 50-point... I'll give you 500. You I'm not even worried. You notice. I, I mean... Because name that church body... Well, <laughs> name that church body... I get points for naming the church body. Is that right? Yeah, if you can do so successfully. But I'm not basically an expert in just this. by using the name. <laughs> well, okay, fine. But I, I'm basically an expert at the various chaos that is in Christianity today, as is about to be demonstrated by my prowess in this game. 
bring it on. Okay, here it is. This is a little lengthy, so hang in there. We reject any teaching that the apostolic authority of the public ministry of the word or the validity of the sacrament depends on or is derived from ordination by a bishop standing in unbroken chain of succession from the apostles or the necessity of maintaining a, quote, historic episcopate. Scripture. So this is. Okay, go ahead. This is not. I'm going to eliminate the Catholic Church, most of the Orthodox Church, and the Episcopalian Church. But I'm going to put this has to be a church that is mad at either the Catholic Church or the Episcopalian Church, because otherwise you would never bring it up. Okay. Scripture so clearly teaches uh, narrowing it down. that women are not to be in the pastoral office because this presiding office includes the exercise of authority over men. Also, when Scripture refers to the one who officiates at the word and sacrament uh, liturgy, it speaks in male terms. Therefore, women should not read the scripture lessons in the divine service, preach the sermon, administer baptism, or distribute the Lord's Supper, for these things are intimately related to the pastoral office. It's talking about uh, baptism. What did it say? Baptism, liturgy, Lord's Supper. This is uh, So this is going to be a liturgical tradition, still manifesting the fact that they're angry about something. <laughs> <laughs> Because they haven't actually said what they believe yet. They've only said what they don't believe about women being pastors, which apparently is a big deal. I sat on the plane next to this liberal going out to Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and that was a big deal. He said, hey, do you you guys, I used to be Missouri Synod, do you guys still think women can't be pastors? And I said, well, I don't know if we still think it. The Bible still thinks it. I mean, it hasn't really changed, so I'm not, so we haven't changed anything about that. Boy, that kind of got them all riled up. Because apparently that uh, means that we're sexists. It's, it's just a way to be sexist is to think that there's a difference between men and women. But, <laughs> <yeah>. You sexist. <laughs> it seems like that's the opposite of sexism to me. It seems like, uh, yeah. you know, there's no difference between men and women. It seems like anti-sexism. Like, <laughs> you see what I mean? You're not able to recognize mm -hmm. any sort of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. distinction. But who mm -hmm. knows? I mean, I, I don't know what we have now. Uh you, this isn't even so clear. So I saw someone else the other day. They said, hey, you know, this whole LGBT thing, doesn't the B mean that there's a gender binary? <laughs> uh, this whole the whole thing is collapsing in on itself. Self you get someone that's going to self-identify as, you know, well, when you start denying tree such or something, fundamental self-evident truths as the difference between male and and uh, sorry, male and female, then. Yeah, I think things are going to probably collapse upon itself. I mean, logic can't be held in someone who says, no, there's no difference between those two things. Now, gonna... these guys, whatever church body this is, is uh, pretty worked up about this. So I, I'm say it's, they seem fairly conservative, kind of a fundamentalist group that's got to be um, re, re, a bit reactionary, though, I'd say. At least I'm not. Is this like a statement of faith or just about who, like, who we are on the website? This is a paper of a doctoral position okay yep. I mean, it could be the it could be just the lutherans i mean that could this is kind of you know angry and fundamentalist it could be us this is, <laughs> sounds like, like angry maybe lutherans. i wrote this <laughs> this, is, this is your thesis paper in seminary <laughs> <laughs> my individual confession of faith all right i'll continue the church is free to divide the labors of the pastoral office among qualified men 
Well, every incumbent of this office must be qualified for a full use of the keys. Not every incumbent must be responsible for the full use of the keys. Missionary, assistant pastor, professor of theology, synod president who supervises doctrine of the church, and chaplain are some examples of this. We reject the teaching that the public ministry of the word is limited to the ministry of a parish pastor. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, now we're getting Lutheran and we're getting kind of sub Lutheran. So we're going to, I think we're diving into the alphabet soup of the Lutherans here. So this is the idea that, you know, uh, CFW Walter, our friend and president of the Missouri Synod when it started, and um, the anti pietist who wrote The Distinction Between Law and Gospel, everybody's favorite book, which we should all read. Um, he connected the office of pastor to the call, and so the Lutherans have been trying to wrestle with that in America ever since then, and trying to say, hey, well, what about these other guys? Like the, what about, you know, president or something like that? And so you have different positions based on this, on what the call is, and I really don't know what anyone's position is. It seems to be kind of a, I don't know, like we could have find better things to fight about, but but I, it's an important question nonetheless. I think I need a little bit more to try to take a stab at this church body. The church has freedom in dividing the labors of the public ministry. For example, vicars, principals, Lutheran elementary school teachers, and other teachers must... Um, uh, sorry, they have freedom in dividing the labors of that ministry, for example, those that I listed, but must not go beyond the bounds of the of God's commands when calling men or women to carry out a limited public use of the keys. The extent to which one is authorized by the call of the church to exercise the keys publicly is the extent to which one is in the public ministry of the word. Authorization to exercise a limited part of the public ministry of the word does not imply authorization to exercise all or parts of it. In the Old and New Testaments, our Lord commands parents to train their children in the fear of the Lord. He also has commanded his church and the public ministry of the word to feed the lambs of his flock with his saving word. Teachers of children in Christian schools established by the church, therefore, have their authority both of these divinely established estates. Extending calls to teachers who have spiritual care of children in Christian schools is not merely a laudable custom, but it is in accordance with Romans 10 and Augsburg Confession 14, not only for the sake Whoa. of good order, but also because these teachers carry out a specific part of the public ministry. It is by human right that the church separates a limited portion of the office, turn the page, um, to one individual, but it is by divine right that one exercises that work on behalf of the Christians through whom their, the call has come. Man, I wonder what got you worked up about this. That's what is going to really be helpful to me. Now, what this is basically saying is that you have the pastoral office instituted by Jesus, which is the office of the keys, preach and baptize. But what the document is arguing is that part of the pastoral office can be kind of parceled out to other people. And it extends that to principals and teachers. Here's the fundamental flaw with that argument, which has snuck its way into the Missouri Synod and finding its way around the American Lutheran churches, is that the office of teacher is an extension of the office of parent, not the extension of the office of pastor, which we learn in the large catechism, Fourth Commandment. And it's also just kind of pretty simple. Wait, so you're saying that, so it, that, that confusion that the, is here. That the teacher should be understood as part of the parent, not as part of the, the pastor. Is that what you said? Yes. The three estates are going to be very helpful in this distinction. All right. We'll be right back.
didn't find any new bump music. That's an extension of the call of co-host. Table talk I radio. Parcel that little part out. Unprepared. Unashamed. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, you tricked me. That actually sounded like a song, that one. (laughs) Got you excited about a... See, last week you complained about that, so I don't know. I think I'm trying to think you're just complaining so that you can complain. That I complained about that particular song. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that song you complained about. So I think you're just starting to. uh, I think you secretly love these bumps. You just want to complain about something. I think that's maybe my conscience is being hardened. (laughs) (laughs) Your your conscience (laughs) was. Uh, assaulted by the bump music, but now it's warming up. That's to right. It. <laughs> That's right. And I don't even notice it. It doesn't even hurt anymore. It's like repetitive sin. <laughs> All right. We're talking about uh, some statements of belief, statement of doctrine of the Office of the Holy Ministry. And we are and in the you woods are on this. trying to name Lutheran what stuff. church body we're listening to. You got, you got one more paragraph for me? Um, I got two quick lines for you. We reject the right, teaching that only those qualified to carry out a full use of the keys are in the public ministry, and we reject the teaching that the public ministry is limited to only one divinely fixed form, that is, limited to the pastoral office, to the exclusion of other teachers of the Word. All right, I'm going to make a guess. If this was a description of practice, it would be the Missouri Synod. But since it's a description of doctrine, I think it's the Wisconsin Synod Lutheran Church. The Wells. Our friends, the Wells. Really? The correct answer you were looking for is the Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Oh, the ELS. Well, they're all the same. <laughs> hey, since they're... Since... Since the Wisconsin Synod and the ELS are in altar and pulpit fellowship, shouldn't that count? No. Since apparently their doctrine is the same. I didn't think we were playing name the church body in which you're in fellowship with. I thought we were playing name that church body. Well. (laughs) All right. Uh, Sorry, zero. So I guess you were not predetermined to get 500 points for getting that right. Not yet I'm not. You don't know. We haven't reached the end. That's the problem with determinism. You uh-huh. never know what's determined till it actually happens. Now, I did notice you just used it. Was that your use, your attempt to try and use the buzzword? No, no, that's just friendly oh, banter. Just, oh, okay, all right. Let's see if you can sneak it by it's later. It's going to come up a lot of more times. <laughs> okay, let's see about us. I, here's my problem to play for playing that um, ah, statement of faith. Aha. For playing name that church body is I looked up uh, Aurora churches, and I got the top, the best ten churches in Aurora, Colorado, according to Yelp. Hmm. Here, you want to hear some reviews? <laughs> Here, here's the. I, I, you should try to guess the. Um, <laughs> you could try to guess the church body by the reviews on Yelp. That's a new game. Uh, yeah. Here, for that example, that would be a pretty specific review here or there. Can't believe this guy they was have all, preaching about law and gospel and administering the sacraments. <laughs> look at all these reviews. Oh my goodness, uh, all the um. Uh, you get uh, the the nice reviews are uh, short, 
but the the man, if people want to complain, hmm. oh yeah, I mean you're gonna say it. You're not you're not gonna go on and on about what you loved about church. You say, oh yeah, these people are really friendly. But you know, if if you took issue with something that the preacher was preaching about, oh man, that's when you're really gonna go on on a Yelp review. Mm-hmm. Is this a place of worship or a business? When you start to see the parking attendants, I knew what to expect. If you're going to have coffee at a church, it should be free. But for worshipers (laughs) to pay for lattes in your cafe is absurd and tacky. What happened to the good old donation jar for coffee and snacks? And a gift shop and selling merchandise? When you walk into the sanctuary, I see where the money is going. A football field-sized projection screen and concert lights and settings? Why? Is this how you attract people into your congregation to show what modern technology you have? For me, it was a distraction rather than a place of worship. Well, at least, One star on Yelp. Well, at least he's focusing on the right things. Next is a four-star review. I love this church. I had a difficult time in their high school ministry when I first moved to Aurora, and I wasn't getting fed by the teaching. But after switching to the regular ministry with Pastor Ed, I was happy to stay. Although I currently attend church with my fiancé, we still visit this place often. They have awesome retreats and so many opportunities to get involved, while the teaching of Pastor Ed is so down-to-earth and honest. Hmm. All right. I did find the statement of faith for this place. Ready? Um, you want doctrinal or practical? Uh, doctrinal. Okay, you got uh, 13 points. Pick one. Seven. We believe uh, all people are by nature separated from God and responsible for their own sin, but that salvation, redemption, and forgiveness are freely offered to all by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When a person repents of sin and accepts Jesus as his slash her personal Lord and Savior, notice no you, trusting him to save, that person is immediately born again and sealed by the Holy Spirit, and all of his her sins are forgiven, and that person becomes a child of God, destined to spend eternity with the Lord. So a few things stick out to me on this one. First of all, that this church is able to make the distinction between male and female. So I'm going to uh, disqualify <laughs> his, some of the her liberal <laughs> That's right. You never find the his her language. I mean, if if you're using like an unnecessary plural pronoun, then I'd be concerned going the more liberal route. But <laughs> or what's that new pronoun? The Z or uh, how do you keep up with all know, this? All I guess you live in Aurora. That explains it. That's right. It's in the air. <laughs> it's in the air. I and in the water and everything else. Um. So notice here that the uh, um. Rebirth is tied to uh, one's act of the will, that is, accepting this, uh, accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. Now, this is um, in what direct contradiction to the Gospel of Saint John, <laughs> who says, "Not by an act of the will, um, uh, but of the but of the Spirit," so that that the Spirit blows. Uh, you hear you, the spirit is like the wind that you hear the sound of it; it blows where it wishes, and so is the spirit of God. Um, and so, it is not an act of the will by which we are uh, born anew, born again, uh, born from above. We might be able to say, um, but it is is the act of God. And so, if now the way that we can know that we are born again is because I have accepted Jesus as my savior. Well, now that's placing it as an act of the will. So, uh, this is going to be some kind of, a uh, 
non-denominational church or a uh, uh, or I mean one of the it could be one of the Protestant denominations, you know, Baptists, Methodists, um, something like this. But uh, I need to hear a little bit more. So I have thirteen points of doctrine. Let's go with number eight. We await the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, and we believe in the literal second coming of Christ with his saints to rule the earth, which will be personal and visible. This motivates us to holy living, heartfelt worship, committed service, diligent study of God's word, regular fellowship, participation in adult baptism by immersion, and holy communion. Okay, oh, I've never seen so many adverbs in a sentence, <laughs> and I'm against adverbs. Yeah. Have I? I have not told everyone. Every listener is a new listener, but probably if anyone's, I've not had an adverb rant in a long time. Have I? Especially in theological statements. Probably not in a while. The only appropriate adverb for theological statements is rightly. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrament's rightly administered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but any other adverb is just a. It's a Pharisee move. But even but right, anyway, even rightly could be, could be omitted, right? I mean, if you're if you're administering the sacraments, I mean, it uh, implies that you're doing it rightly. To do it wrongly is not administration of sacraments at all. But you know, yeah, that's which right. is sort, got article sort of a point the, that you're you know, making. The, uh, we got Article Seven in the uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the thing that Augsburg? we believe. Uh, yeah, Augsburg Confession that says uh, churches where the sacraments are rightly administered, yeah. the gospel rightly preached. So, you know, I'm confessionally bound to one adverb, which I'm happy, I'm fine with. All the other ones, though, man, I'm not Are you I'm sure? not going to yoke myself to an adverb. Are you sure okay. there's not another adverb in the entire Book of Concord? There, well, okay, there's another one. I know there's another one, which I also have to be for because I'm confessionally bound to. And that is gladly in the fourth <laughs> commandment, the third commandment. You know that you have to gladly hear the Lord's word. Uh-huh. You have to... Uh, uh, third commandment, uh, uh, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God. So we do not despise preaching his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Mm-hmm. So that's a second adverb that I'm also confessionally bound to. But other than that, no, I say no to adverbs. <laughs> All right. This pre-tribulation rapture belief makes me think that it could be some kind of a Calvary Chapel type church. So the idea here is, I mean, th- this is a whole show in itself, but the idea is, is that when Christ came, what he was coming to do, he was coming to set up his uh, earthly kingdom so that um, they were looking for not someone to just come and forgive sins by dying on a cross. They were looking for someone who would be the uh, ruler, to be you know the, the king who would sit on the throne of David, who would be a military leader as David was. And so when uh, Jesus came to set up his kingdom, he was rejected. And so now he has offered salvation through faith in Christ to the church, but Really, what he's coming to do is to resume his kingdom rule, this 1,000-year reign of his kingdom on earth. And so what has to happen first is that God is going to get the church out of the way, which is the um, pre, pre-tribulation pre rapture. Uh, this is the whole Left Behind series. You have pilots flying, and all of a sudden, just their clothes are lying in the pilot seat, and you have a plane unmanned, all this stuff. Um, and so the whole point is to get the church out of the way so that Christ can pick up where he left off and be that ruler. Never mind, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
and uh, Christ had this as the intended purpose of salvation from the very beginning, that the, he was bringing salvation for the entire world through Israel. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to see if I can guess uh, who this church body is. We'll be right back. shouldn't listen to table talk radio reverse psychology or is it hey daily devotions for your family around the word is found at what does this mean dot org now this one i don't like and i was going to call you to repentance why well, I thought your con- conscience was hardened, so I was going to call you to repentance. But that right there was so bad that it, it broke <laughs> through the hardened, the, ear, the calloused ear conscience. <laughs> All right. I've been listening. By the way, I, th- I think we got to do this. Guy. I've been listening to the Bach. You know, remember Bach, who I'm related to, and I'm going to go see the Leipzig here in a few weeks. And so I've been listening to some Bach stuff. It's great. Whew. Hey, how are the and, registrations uh, going with your second trip? Fine. We have 36 seats open, though. So, No, 34. 34 seats open. Is there a deadline? For the September trip. Um, no, we want to try to, yeah, the deadline is going to be by July 1st, June 31st, something. Into, into the July, into June, beginning of July, we want to have it mostly filled up. If people come in after that, it's just kind of full price all at once. But um, I'm holding out for yeah. the third trip. That'll be next summer. <laughs> it's already coming together. I got a secret guest host for that next June. Of we- course I'll be your guest host. You didn't have to ask me <laughs> like that. That's... I am honored though that you'd you'd hint and surprise me like that. But yeah, I'll, I'll well, do that's it. Why sure. I didn't want to. Why not? I didn't want to tell I'll people it. it was you because I want people to go on the trip. <laughs> it's, it's secret, so awesome. It's a famous, surprise. Famous Lutheran radio personality will be there to meet you in Frankfurt, and they show up. Oh. Evan, I thought it's gonna be Chris Rosebra, or at least Bill Swirla. Evan's here. Uh. I know. Surprise, surprise. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like the grab bag. It's like the, what is that where you get the surprise? You you know, the paper bag thing at the grocery store? Like some candy's in there, but you can't see what it is until you buy it? <laughs> nerds? Who wants the green nerds? It's the worst. <laughs> All right, I need another one because I'm I'm honing in close. I think I'm going to nail this. I'm going to. I think I'm going to crash it out of the park, but I need one more right. line. So I, yeah. this is 1 All through right. 13. See, I was going to yep. go back to like 2 or 3, but that's going to be the kind of generic things that everybody agrees with, like uh, you know Trinity, Two Natures of Christ stuff. So I'm going to stick here late and go on point number 9. Oh, I was hoping you were going to guess 9. I, in fact, I think I was just going to read 9 no matter what number you said, but... <laughs> Lucky for us, you said nine. We are neither five-point Calvinists, nor are we Arminians. We adhere firmly to the biblical teaching of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. We avoid any theological systems of belief that go beyond the written word (laughs) and thereby divide the body of Christ. They're so divisive. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know. It's like we're not you and we're not you because we don't want to be divisive. 
the whole point of a statement of theology is to be divisive. <laughs> Never mind. We, we, we don't agree with this confession. We don't agree with this confession because we aren't divisive. <laughs> and all That's right. And also... I mean, could you imagine that statement? We are not divisive. And it's like, well, you're dividing for me because I am divisive, and now I, I can't be part of your church. Why can't we be one in <laughs> being a, divisive? I, I know. What about us divisive fellows? Don't we have a place? <laughs> Why separate yourself from us divisive people? <laughs> a, remember how Paul says this? There must be divisions among you. we got to be not afraid. I was talking to somebody the other day. I can't remember who, who it was, but they were saying yeah, someone's turned off because of... Uh, all this negative, they were teaching, I, I remember now the conversation, it's coming back to me, they were uh, talking with my friend Ben, and he was talking about this apologetics class that he's teaching, and the people are saying, oh, it's too divisive. And we were getting to the point that realized hmm. that the whole, the, the Bible is divisive. The, the, the occasion of every single text of the scripture is some sort of false doctrine, which was the apostles or prophets were correcting. Um, you, this idea of having only a conciliatory, friendly, positive doctrine is just a non-biblical way of thinking. Jesus himself said, uh, you've heard it said, but I say to you that, that the truth is always in contrast to error. And to not be able to rebuke uh, error is to remove yourself from the scripture. It's a non-biblical way of doing theology. Well, that and, I mean, Paul says, you know, be ready always to make a defense. So if you go to a class on how to make a defense... You're making a defense against something, right? I mean, it's probably going to be somewhat divisive. I mean, it'd be like going, <laughs> they're so defensive in this class. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you notice how this point nine here of the statement of faith says we're neither five point Calvinists nor are we Arminians? In other words, we got no Arminianism. We got some Calvinism, just not the whole shebang. Hmm. I did not we pick not up on that, but Calvinist. thank you very much. <laughs> They are like 3.5 point Calvinists. This is now this Calvinist Arminian thing is a big question. It's a it's a theological question that non-Lutherans cut their teeth on. Lutherans hear this stuff and they're like, what the heck? What are you guys even talking about? But the when you're not a Lutheran, that's the question: Are you Calvinist or Arminian? Those are like the two. Those are like your two options. Mm. And then and then you say, well, and then the answer is always, well, I'm a I'm really a one-point Calvinist, or I'm a 3.75-point Calvinist. Uh, the five points of Calvinist, the five points of the tulip, remember the tulip? That means total depravity, unconditional election, L is limited atonement, the most blasphemous of them all. Uh, T-U-L-I means irresistible grace, and P means perseverance of the saints. That's the sort of, I mean, basically, once saved, always saved. Those are your five points, and, and, and everyone is saying, well, no, I'm a kind of a two-point Calvinist or a five-point. Point four point three Calvinist. If you if someone says they're a six point Calvinist, look out. Uh, that means they probably. I don't know, I don't know why know, it's always decimals. Why can't, with why can't there logs. be fractions in in determining the points of Calvinism? You could you could do a like, a, a three, three fourths seventeen or, eighths. Yeah, or like something ridiculous like uh, seventeen sixty fourths point Calvinist or something like that. Yeah, I I that's right. You could I suppose you could now. Here, though, is the other point, because when the Lutherans look at the not Lutherans and they see them all the time making decisions for Christ, like that thing here said that each person, when you repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that decision theology, when the Lutheran hears that, they say, ah, free will. That means they're Arminian, because mm -hmm. Arminianism is based on the free will. Mm-hmm. 
But that is not the case. What we have in American Christianity is a is a Calvinism overlaid with revivalism. Hmm. And the result is something that looks like Arminianism, but that's not how you got there. It's not it's like um it's like you didn't it's so the wall is green, but it's not actually painted green. It was painted blue and then painted over with yellow, resulting in green. And so, um, and so that's an it's kind of important to recognize that American Christianity did not get to their free will theology from Arminianism, but rather from their revivalism overlaid on top of their Calvinism. Okay, is this still a church I you think found off Maybe of that's... Yelp? Yeah, Yelp. Okay, so this is. The First Presbyterian Church of Aurora. Wrong. <sighs> I thought for what sure you, that look, was Did it. you look on Yelp? No, I'm just guessing. I don't know if there really is such a church. But I was just thinking Presbyterian fits the bill because they have their heritage of being um, Calvinist. But uh, some Presbyterian churches have completely lost their Calvinist roots and are just taken away by the American revivalism. So I was going with well, that's, Presbyterian and thinking that, it was Aurora. So that was my best guess. I think you could have done that, but 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 you would have to gone with like the. Um, there's some more of these. It's not the even the OPC or the Presbyterian Church of America because you have that distinct uh, pre-tribulation theology, and Presbyterians are really slow to go for that. Uh, oh, that's true. Church plant from someone else that. Hmm. I was a good guess because of the Arminian thing, but I think the pre-trib should have had you on the right track, which is Calvary Chapel. Oh, that's what I said first. You totally threw me with all this talk. I would have. I was guessing uh, Calvary Chapel until you started going off on this Calvinism Arminianism nonsense. Ugh. Four stars on Yelp, Calvary Chapel Aurora. Ah, only four stars. Huh. Well, they had that one lady who was mad about uh, that they charged for the coffee. Oh, yeah. That is outrageous. I mean, if you're going to provide coffee, it's got to be free. Worship is fresh and uplifting. Pastor Ed is very real and down-to-earth. Services are casual and Bible-focused. The church as a whole has a global focus with a lot of mission and outreach. Five stars. I mean, what are they trying to do? Save up their money for a big tech show? Have a screen as big as a football field? You don't charge for coffee. What's the matter with you? <laughs> right. Ridiculous. I oh. Although I, that's the only reason I want to have, have hope to be a mega church is so we can have a coffee bar, have a Starbucks <laughs> in the lobby. But... Right. All right. So that's we have my, about a minute left in this goal. segment before we move on. I got one more church body for you. Do you have something you want okay. to plug or should I just get started on this? No, get, let's get started. All Everyone's right. already coming to Germany with us in September. All right. I got five points and only five. The points are... Scripture, God, salvation, the church, family. I'll give them all to you, but which one do you want first? Uh, Scripture. The Holy Bible was written by men, divinely inspired, and is God's revelation of himself to man. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Hmm. That's well written. All right. Uh... Sounds good to me, too, by the way. It sounds it's just plain old kind of evangelical doctrine of Scripture. Um, good. What's next, God? God, and I'll save him for the next uh, segment. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. If you have a church you want us to read as we play the game 
name that church body, you can send it to us by sending us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We also want to hear your comments or questions uh, by giving us a call, 1-800-385-7652. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. And if you're a Calvinist and you're angry, email prbw at tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> prbw. A 4.1-point Calvinists <laughs> or higher only, please. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out our website at tabletalkradio.org, where um, Pastor Wolfmuller, um, I was going to ask you if you want to update your bio on there. Uh, y- it says yes. you have two children. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's probably about time. <laughs> didn't you play this bump already that I didn't like? <laughs> you can't Table talk Go back radio. to those other ones. <laughs> no, that's just silly. We're going to Germany in September. Send me an email if you want more information. Bewolfmuther at gmail.com. At least it's better than Pastor Wolfmuller singing. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. That that bump song needs just like seven or eight more instruments, and it would be interesting enough. Why are we not bumping in with Bach? Da, 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 da. That's why. All right, we're in the middle of playing the game, Name That Church Body. I So far, I've given you the line for Scripture, which you liked. And now you're ready for the life I, I of liked. God? You, you, you said you yeah. did. Yeah, liked it. What is it? The, the author's God, the content, the end is salvation, the content is truth. You know what that is? That's that's almost of the four causes. The the efficient cause, the final cause, the material cause, and the, what's the other cause? It got three of the four causes in that description of the scripture. Hmm. That's unintentional, but that in, lean, that is... Whoever wrote that thing is then the inheritor of some wisdom of the West. That's helping me out. All right. Here's the... I'm ready for the next one. God. There is one and only one living and true God. He reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is Father in truth to those who become his children through faith in Jesus Christ. Christ is the eternal Son of God. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. His death on the cross made provision for the redemption of men from sin. He was raised from the dead, appeared to his disciples, ascended into heaven, and is now exalted at the right hand of God, where he is the one mediator, fully God, fully divine. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. He enables men to understand truth. He exalts Christ and convicts men of sin, capital S. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure that was just... It's interesting. It says convicts men of sin and not sins. That sometimes is a distinction that we make. Sin being our sin nature, original sin, and sins being actual sins, a manifestation of sin. This is a, someone... This is a... I think this is someone trying to articulate the Trinity... Uh, the doctor of the Trinity here, and I think it's, I think it could, I can think it could be understood rightly. I don't, I don't think it is careful as it ought to be. So when it says that the f- God manifests Himself in three, what, how did it say? What was that verb there? Um, 
I'm searching for God it. somethings himself in three persons. Uh, that can, reveals. could also be under reveals himself in three persons. That does not true. God exists as three persons. So that the three persons of the Trinity are not the revelation of God, mm. but the essence of God. So, so this could be towards just modalism, a, potentially. It could be towards modalism or towards someone who's anti-Trinitarian and trying to cover up their anti-trinitarianism but i don't confession but just not careful enough so it can't so i do not think that this this would be in any way an ancient uh confession so i think that puts it in the category of new um or new-ish it's not it doesn't seem like it's done by a professional theologian that's what i'm suggesting to you or a careful theologian mm-hmm. but i still think it's i think it's an attempt to um an attempt to express orthodoxy I think we're still talking Christians here. Okay. So you have three more lines. The next one is salvation. Salvation is offered to all who accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There is no salvation apart from personal faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. That's just a plain old Baptist thing. Um, you know, in fact, you, we had that that idea of that bad idea of decision theology that we got in this article was was already there in the discussion of God. Because what did it say of Jesus in the second article about God? It said Jesus' death made provision for man's salvation. And that's this idea. I got in so much. I was teaching in Taiwan because I was teaching about the four spiritual laws and I was going after them and they, man, they got mad at me. And these Taiwanese people are not really yellers, if you know what I mean. They're kind of a peaceful people, but they got upset at me for this because I was saying that it, the, the gospel with the four spiritual laws that Jesus died to make a way for us to go to heaven, that it talks about potential salvation, but not actual salvation. So that was there in the article on God. And now it's, showing up here in full bloom in the article on salvation. Could we make a distinction between, um, because I mean, I think there is a place, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a place to talk about potential salvation, that is to say not everyone is saved, but to talk about forgiveness as something that is accomplished, not a potential. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Okay. That's right. I mean, so, so it, and this is, um, you, you know, maybe even some of the old, we, we're, we're more sensitive to this now because we live in the time of everything's decision theology. So salvation is so potential. So it's true that not everyone believes in Jesus, but it's not my believing in Jesus that makes my salvation. Right. Uh, the promise is true before I believe it, but it's my believing it that makes me justified. So, right. Okay. Um, two more, the church a New Testament church is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just, so that's a congregational idea. That's especially going to be strong. I think we're in, I think we are establishing ourselves to be in Baptist territory because that idea of the autonomous congregation is something that the Baptists were fighting the evangelicals also have it, all the non-denominational churches and everything else, but they don't care. I mean, they just, they're independent, so they don't even have to talk about it because it's already there. Um, but the Baptists have to talk about it, so that's okay. what I think we're pushing towards. we got one more thing. On family, it says, God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. It is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. 
the husband and wife are of equal worth before God, since both are created in his image. Children, from the moment of conception, are a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. Parents are to teach their children spiritual and moral values and to lead them to make choices based on biblical truth. Interesting. This, I think we're just, but what, what, what Baptist thing would it be? I mean, it's a modern Baptist thing. It's kind of an Al Mohler sort of thing. Um, but but I don't think you would have like Southern Seminary where our friend Al Mohler presides. Well, would I, have a... I want to comment on this because it's interesting to me. I mean, you and I are, are uh, Lutheran pastors, and so we have bound ourselves confessionally to the Book of Concord, which is, I don't know, like 800 pages thick or something like this. And it's three adverbs. <laughs> three adverbs. And then uh, today you'll go to a church website, click on a statement of belief, and it'll be, you know, five paragraphs. And what makes it is, you know, these very important things. Scripture, the nature and essence of God, salvation, the ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church, and now the definition of a family, of marriage, which is, of course— is a paragraph that's added in light of our culture around us, which shows that our our doctrine, um, our our statement of belief comes because of the fights around us. But I mean, here you, the the entirety of their belief fits on one page, and a fifth of it is devoted to defining what the family is. Yeah, that's right. Although, I mean, I suppose in some ways that's what the creeds were. You know, you get all this anti-Aryan stuff because that's right. what was in the air. But my point is, is that and now you got the collapse of the family. So we right. probably should. Oh, I would expect it, but I'm, I guess I'm just saying is that we're not having enough theological debate to warrant more theological statement of belief. That's true, and an ironic point. Hmm. Um, I think this is Southern Baptist something. Uh, I'll probably give it to you. It's Crossroads Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas. Yeah. See? See how right I am? <laughs> Southern, they're Southern Baptist, right? Well, it is Baptist, and it's in the South, so therefore must be Southern, Southern Baptist. Baptist. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. See how right I am? <laughs> See... How many points are you going to give me for that? I will give you 499 points for successfully naming <laughs> the church body that talks about personal right. salvation for those who accept Jesus. Good job. <laughs> well, do you want another church body, or do we have time, or have do you want to just talk about seconds. this one? 60 seconds. So talk about it for 60 seconds. Oh, never seconds. mind. I had to talk about this one. So um, it is one of the marks— of the modern church, and this is, I think, you know, part of the point that you're driving up is that it's just driving at it is it's just light on doctrine, and there's this idea that doctrine will 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 scare people away. Well, it's just not, it's just not tr uh, an option for the church. I, I remember, so the same guy I was telling you, I was sitting by in the airplane flying to Washington D.C., and the guy says, um, you know, you don't get all worked up about women being pastors, do you? And he says, well, I just see Jesus as a nice guy. He just Jesus was about love, right? He's all about love. And I said, well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess he was all about love. But Jesus is the one who said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I've commanded. I mean, Jesus has not given us the option 
of not caring about doctrine. Jesus has not given his church the option of not being aware of false prophets. That's part of his command that he gives out of his love for the church. And so to have a robust theological life in the church, well, that's the gift of Jesus. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where it was determined that you would listen to the end. <laughs> or was that it? Two points? Thanks for listening to this two edition points? of Table Talk Radio. Okay, I'll give you two Table points. Talk Radio is yeah, not for everyone. For Please win. consult your pastor before listening to At Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.